Praise the Lord. Um, thank you for allowing me to be here tonight, tomorrow. Man, I know you've had such a great day. Brother Ron, thank you for preaching a word, brother. I was looking for a sermon Sunday. I got me a sermon on Acts 4, brother. I'm telling you, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, boy. That'll preach. God bless you. Boy, I love your passion. Thank you. No wonder God's called you in evangelism. He's used you in a mighty way across this nation. God bless you. Brother Glenn and Hillcrest, dear staff members here at this church, thank you for inviting me and thank you for hosting this great event. I'm honored to be back. I know last night, Wednesday night, and this morning you've had such a great time with good friends, Brother Rock and Brother Jeff and Brother Harold, one of my heroes back here somewhere. I don't know where he's at. Where are you, brother? Right back there. God bless you. And I told him walking in, he was by his wife, and I said, you know, you look a whole lot better standing by your wife. You know it's so, Amen. <laughs> And uh, it really is my honor and joy to be here. And I want to thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for challenging me, Brother Ron. Thank you. I mean that. God bless you. Um, I just want to maybe springboard a little bit off what he shared tonight. Um, I don't want to be alarmist, but we are in trouble. Our nation's really in trouble. Um, our churches are in trouble. Our communities, our schools, all that's happening across our nation. We're in a, in a great mess. We're, we're, in a, we're in real trouble. I Heard about a husband who was quite troubled that his wife got to stay home all day while he went to work all day. He became frustrated, a little jealous of it. He finally prayed and said, God, would you, would you just allow our bodies to change just one day so she can appreciate what I do all day at work? And miraculously, he woke up the next morning as the mother, the wife. Uh, God had answered his prayer. So he got up as the mom and he cooked breakfast, and he got the kids out of bed, and he set out their school clothes, and he fed them breakfast. He packed their lunches, drove them to school. He went to the grocery, vacuumed the house, came home, cleaned the cat litter box, washed the dog, picked the kids up from school, returned home, made the beds, did the laundry, started getting the supper ready, helped with homework, ironed the clothes, began another load of clothes, fixed dinner, and after dinner, he cleaned the kitchen, and got out another load of clothes. He had to fold the laundry, ran the dishwasher, and bathed the kids, helped them with homework, finally put them into bed. Then he felt into bed totally exhausted. He said, God, I don't know what I was thinking, but please, if you are up there, please switch our bodies back. And God said, I'll do it, but I'll have to wait nine months because now you're pregnant. <laughs> so be careful what you pray for. Uh, we're... In trouble, our, our, we really are. And I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 55, if you would, if you brought your word. Isaiah chapter 55. And I want to share this message tonight. Um, I titled it, Let It Rain. Let It Rain. If there was ever a time, and boy, I really appreciate Brother Ron's message. If there was ever a time we needed the church of God to be the church of God, now is the time. The nation's in a very dark time. We can't look to D.C. for the answers. We can't look to government for the answers. It doesn't matter who the president is now or will be in the future. Uh, the answer is not in government. The answer is not in the president. The answer is not in D.C. The reason the nation is dark is because the church has grown silent. And we need a revival. That's really the heartbeat of this, of this conference. That's really the, the vision of your pastor and your precious staff and, and this church as we, we want we an old-fashioned Bible conference. We want to call the church back to revival and back to an awakening. And, and I don't come as an expert. If you came to my church, you'd realize we have some issues too. We, we're not, we're, we don't have all the answers. And so we need revival. I need an awakening. My church needs an awakening. And, and if nothing else happened out of this event other than you got on fire for God. 
And you went back and took that wherever you pastor, wherever you attend church, if you took that passion, that fire, that fervor back to your church and God ignited a movement in your church that might sweep across this nation, that is the only hope we have, ladies and gentlemen, is an awakening. We we need the fire of God. We need the the rain. Could I say the rain of God, the mercy of God? Do you you know what's really wrong with our churches? It really is full of... Our nation is full of churches that really no longer thirst for God's holy presence. We don't mind church. We'll, we'll, we'll have church. We'll do church. Sure, we'll, we'll, we'll come. We'll sing the songs. We'll preach the sermons. We'll, we'll have the programs. We'll, have the, we'll eat the donuts. We'll drink the coffee. We'll, we'll have church. But the problem is we're not truly desperate and truly hungry and truly thirsty for God to show up. We just kind of punch in and do church and we check in and we check out. Where is that passion? Oh, we've got to become so thirsty for God that nothing and no one else matters. Aren't you tired? Listen, aren't you? I don't know about you. I'm tired of just getting by. Aren't you tired of going to church and singing songs and nothing happens? Aren't you tired of going to church and preaching sermons and nothing happens? Aren't you tired of going to church and and doing church and nothing happens? Oh God, we need the rain of your presence. We need to flood us with your glory. Let Let it rain! 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 Look at Isaiah 55. Look at the very first verse. It's so interesting. The Bible says... Ho, that, that word means attention. That, that, means, that word literally means the word picture is listen up. Isaiah 51 uh, verse 1. I, 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 ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Interesting. Anyone can be thirsty. Ever thought about that? You don't have to be talented to be thirsty. You don't have to be gifted to be thirsty. You have to be voted most likely to succeed to be thirsty. You don't have to have a great career to be thirsty. You don't have to be famous to be thirsty. Anyone can be thirsty. Can I get an amen in the house? Anyone. Would you say that with me? Come on. Come on, let's say it again. One more time. Anyone can be thirsty. And oh God, if there was ever a time, my church, this church, your church, needed the rain of God's presence it is now. Let it rain. God, we can preach songs, but if you don't show up, we're doomed. Let it rain. God, we can have incredible worship, but if you don't show up, we're wasting our time. God, let it rain. Let it rain. Would you rain down on us tonight, church? Would you rain on me? I want to go back to Birmingham tomorrow, and I want my folks to say, Sunday preacher, what happened to you? And I'm going to tell them, man, I went over to Lebanon, Tennessee, at Hillcrest Baptist Church, and God sat down on the house again. And I'm not the same man. I'm not the same pastor. I'm not the same daddy. God rained down on us. God, let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. I, I, tonight, briefly, I, I want to make two statements about rain. I want to give you four results of rain. Number one, rain comes from heaven. Look at verse 10. Isaiah 55, 10 says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from where? From heaven. Listen, if it's ever time we needed something from heaven to happen on earth, it is now. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Our nation's in a mess. You know that. We can't hang the Ten Commandments on our walls. We can't pray in, pray in schools anymore. We can't have an activity scene on public property anymore. We don't even know which bathroom to go to. We're in trouble. We're in a great mess. You understand that, don't you? Oh, God, we need your rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Rain comes from heaven. Number two, rain is not man-made. It's God sent. Look at verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall return to me void, not return to me void, but I sh- it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. He sends it. Do you understand that? Rain is not man-made. It is God sent. In this crazy last days, we need a fresh word from God, a powerful word. Notice he says, so shall my word not return void. We need a powerful word, an anointed word. We need a word from God. Why? Because we are in a drought. We're in a drought. And we need God's Word. What our nation needs is God's Word. Listen, we need some churches. Our pastor addressed it a moment ago, Brother Ron. We need some churches that have an old-fashioned man of God who will stand in the pulpit of God and get a fresh word from God and rear back and preach with the anointing of God and the boldness of God and the favor of God. You, you know, what our problem is, we, we have a lot of entertainers in our church. We have a lot of communicators. We have, we have a lot of storytellers. Uh, we have a lot of folks that have great charisma and, and have wonderful, cute little quotes. But can I tell you something, Pastor? When people's lives are falling apart, our cute quotes is not going to help them. When Bill comes to church because he's lost his job and he doesn't know how he's going to make ends meet, could I tell you that, that your suave personality is not going to help him put his life back together? When Sue crawls in here because her husband said, I don't love you anymore and I found somebody else and she's going through a terrible, painful divorce, can I tell you that, that your slick illustrations is not going to help her put her life back together. What she needs, what he needs, what I need, what you need is a man of God who will get a fresh word from God, who will stand in the pulpit of God and will preach the word of God in the anointing of God and the favor of God. Oh God, let it rain! Let it rain! Let it rain! Do you know what we're experiencing right now? We we are seeing the results of slick communicators, but we don't have old-fashioned men of God who preach with the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Where is that in our churches? Oh, we know how to draw a crowd. We know how to make people feel good. We know how to make them laugh. We can give them glory goosebumps. But I'm going to tell you, friend, in the end, if God doesn't show up, we're wasting our time. Preach the Word. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. God, we've seen what we can do without you, and it's not working. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor. You know how this goes. If you don't, I keep preaching and preaching. Cracker Barrel will eventually close. Look at your neighbor and tell them we need God. Look at your neighbor and tell them let it rain. Let me give you a simple, very quick. Four things happen when God rains down on a place. Number one, you will experience joy. Look at verse 12. Isaiah 55, verse 12, the Word says, For you shall go out with joy. When God rains down His presence, mark this down, we will experience joy. Could I ask you, where is the joy in many of our churches? I mean, if anybody ought to have joy and smile and, and laugh, it, shouldn't it be the people of God and the house of God experiencing the, the presence of God? I'm not saying we don't have tough days. I've had them. Brother Ron, you've had them. Brother Glenn, you've had them. I mean, I, I've had dark days, but I'm going to tell you, there is a joy that Jesus gives you the world cannot give you. 
The Bible says, I was glad when I sent unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Where is that gladness in our churches? My goodness. Sometimes I get up to preach and I look at folks and they got their lips stuck out so far they can sit on it and swing their legs. I mean, sin's been forgiven? Yeah, you know Jesus? Yeah, well, you ought to tell your face. Evidently, it ain't got the message. You know what I'm saying? You ought to see what we see up here preaching. Good night, man. I mean, people are singing about all these great songs. Man, and you look like you've been baptized in prune juice. Are you serious? I'm just telling you, I don't, ha- I don't have this all figured out, Brother Ron. I don't know all the answers, but I have learned this in my 30-plus years of ministry. When God sits down on a house, when the presence of God falls on a people and on a church, I don't know how to explain this, there is great joy in the house. There's joy. There was a study done not too many years ago of 10 characteristics of healthy, vibrant churches. It wasn't so much the size of the church, but the health of the church. And I don't understand the parameters and how they came up with this, but they came up with 10 characteristics of healthy churches. Do you know what was on that list? Some of them you could probably understand, you know, biblical preaching and soul winning evangelism. But I'm going to tell you something was on that list that shocked me when I read it. Laughter. Laughter. It's kind of odd. I know it doesn't sound real spiritual. I understand that. He talking about joking around? No, I'm just telling you, when you're in the presence of Jesus, there is a freedom. There is a joy. We like to come to church. We love to hang out. And I walked in the hotel and Brother Harold, Brother Ron sitting there just yakking, having a great time talking. I joined in for a little while. Why? It's the Spirit of God in me and the Spirit of God in you and the Spirit of God in you. And we just love coming. Some folks that look at you like a nut. You come to, you go to church on Thursday night, you were just there Sunday. Are you crazy? You got to go to work, you got school, you got homework. No, they don't understand, man. We, we enjoy this. We like this. this. This is what God does in us. It is the joy of the Lord. And when God rains down on a place, there will be joy in the house. Where is that in most of our churches? My family, we vacation down to Panama City, my wife and my, my three daughters, and we'll go down there, and there's a little place called Pier Park. It's kind of an outside shopping plaza, and they got all kinds of different shops, and got, you know, uh, fudge and ice cream and popcorn, manna from heaven. You know what I'm talking about. And so we're walking around there, and I'm walking my wife. My girls are kind of wandering behind them, and we walk by, down the sidewalk by this, this uh, karaoke place, kind of a... a, a, a uh, whether you, you, they'll drink and hang it. I didn't go in, just walk by. So, anyway, <laughs> and so we're walking by this place called Tootsie's. It's down there at Pear Park, and, and it's a, you know, the music's kind of loud. Sound. But when we're walking by there, there's, there's no music at all, hardly anything going on at all. And I'm just talking to my wife, my girls are home. And about the time we got in front of this karaoke joint, uh, they broke out in Sweet Home, Alabama. Boy, they start that song, you know, and that place went cray-cray. I'm telling you, they went cuckoo. I'm telling you, folks just jumped up. I saw empty wheelchairs rolling down the sidewalk. I saw crutches flying out the windows. I'm telling you, I I saw precious great-grandmothers had hip replacements. They're up doing the boogie-woogie flu, man. I'm telling you. They just, uh, and I'm just telling you, in a, listen to me, in a split second, that place went from silent to crazy. It was, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and we couldn't even hear. Kim's beside me, my wife, and we almost can't even hear each other. They're screaming, laughing. And we walked on by. My girls came up behind me, and, and we kind of huddled up, and we were laughing about that. And I said to them, kind of tongue-in-cheek, with somewhat of a cynical spirit, 
I said to them, to my girl, I said, you know the sad truth is, many of those same folk will be in church next Sunday, and you get the least little excited, you smile, you shout, you say amen, you clap. Boy, they'll look down their theological nose at you. They'll take out their one bullet that Andy's given them, you know. And they're going to make sure things do not get out of control. This is the church. We don't do that here. We only do that at Tootsie's. Are you serious? I don't know how to explain this, but I'm telling you, when God rains down on a place, there's a joy, there's a happiness, there is a laughter, there are smiles that come across. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm telling you, when He shows up, there is joy in the house. You don't have to have somebody get up and prime your pump and say, ain't God good? Hadn't you had your sins forgiven? Aren't you on your way to heaven? You don't need a pep rally when Jesus shows up. Can I get an amen? Oh, I, I got to hurry. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's got to hurry. Come on. Yeah, I got to hurry. I, you, you experience joy. Number two, I've only got four. You with me? Number two, when he rains down on the church, you experience joy. Number two, you experience peace. Peace. Look at our text again. Look at verse 12. For you shall go out with joy, and you will be led out with peace. God's peace. Could I just stop here and say that some of you tonight are stressed out because the truth is you don't have the peace of God. I don't know how to explain the peace of God. It's incredible. But you're worn down and you're worn out. And do you know why? It's because you are in a drought. You're in a drought. Because a drought will make you droop. That may be the most spiritual theological truth you get this week. A drought will make you droop. Think about it. A bush, a tree that doesn't get water, eventually begins to droop. It falls over. It's dying a slow death. It has no vitality, no energy. It's dying. That's what a drought will do to you. Some of you have lost your joy. You've lost your smile. You've lost your laughter. You weren't always like that. There was a time when people loved to be around you. You saw the glass half full rather than half empty. You were not negative. You were not cantankerous. You weren't, neg- you weren't always in a fight, always upset, always mean. You weren't always like that. Go back to when you were younger. Maybe as a kid, you loved life. You enjoyed life. You, you, you laughed. You, you had a great time. You, you, people loved to be around you. But somewhere along the line, the enemy has stolen your laughter. He has stolen your smile. You're no longer happy about life. You get up every morning and you're angry at the moment. You know, somebody, good morning. What's so good about it? And folks like that, they don't smile at you, they growl at you. What's happened? You're in a drought. See, when you're dry, think about this. When you're dry, you're bitter, you're callous, you're hard. That's just reality. You're kind of cantankerous, negative, you're mean. So that's just my personality, preacher. I was born that way. I love God, I just hate people. Are you serious? I'm telling you, I don't know how to explain this to you tonight. I'm telling you, when God rains down on you again, when you look at your life and just get real honest, and you just say, you know what, I've lost my personality. I realize it. I've seen, I've lost my joy. I've lost my laughter. My family don't want to be around me. I'm always upset. I'm always frustrated at life. I'm always angry. Do you know what you need? You need the Holy Ghost of God to rain down on you. 
on you because you're dry. You become bitter. You become angry. I shared this thought with my church and my staff now going around saying, well, you know, we got a church member upset. Well, they're in a drought. They're drooping. They're in a drought. That's their problem. I'm telling you, there is honest truth to that. You are dry. You're brittle. You're hard. You're callous. And the answer, my friend, is the Spirit of Almighty God to rain down on your heart and on your life. You say, how do you know that? I've been there. I know what that's like. And suddenly and slowly the enemy will rob you of your personality if you let him. Maybe if nothing else, this conference, you decided to get drenched by the Holy Ghost tonight. You just said, God, rain down on my marriage, rain down on my children, rain down on my family. I'm not leaving here dry. I'm going to be soaked in the Holy Ghost of God. Fall on me, God. There was this husband and wife who were traveling north, and she could barely hear, and he would do the drive, and they pulled into a gas station, and attendant came out to help them. And he began a discussion with the husband and said, well, you know, what kind of car you got? And the wife asked, what did he say? And he asked what kind of car we had, and I told him. And then he said, well, where are you guys headed? And he said, well, we're headed up to Chicago. And the wife asked the husband, what did he say? He said, well, he asked where we're going. I told him he's going up to Chicago. And and he said, Chicago. He said, I, yeah, I used to know a lady up there. Without doubt, she was the most mean, cantankerous, angry woman, bitter woman I ever met in my life. And the woman asked the husband, what did he say? He said, he thinks he knows your mother. <laughs> Could I tell you, when God rains down on a people, there is a peace that comes over you. You mean? Are you angry? Are you always in conflict? Let it rain. God, let it rain. Let it rain, God. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Churches are in conflict. You know why? They're dry. They're brittle, man. They hadn't had the Holy Spirit just fall down on the place again. Oh, God, please fall on us. Rain on us, Lord. Let it rain. 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 You'll experience joy. You'll experience peace. Number three, watch this. You will, you will burst into song. Look at verse 12. Uh, the Bible says you'll be let out with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. They'll break forth into singing. The word picture literally is, and some translations even say that you will burst into singing. The, the, the picture is that you cannot keep it quiet any longer. Our brother just described it a while ago. He said vomit. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I thought, hey, yeah, that's true. You just can't keep it in any longer. You ever been there? That's the word picture. When he rains down on you, sir, on you, ma'am, when he rains down on you, preacher, on you, church member, teenager, when he rains down on you, mamma and papa, when he rains down on you, you naturally, you burst into singing. You don't have to have a pastor or a worship pastor come up here and prime your pump. No, he's been too good for me to be quiet. I'm telling you, I've decided, look, I'm getting older. I told my church, I don't have time to waste time this side of heaven. I'm going to clear me off a spot and have me a little Baptocostal fit, brother. He's been too good for me to be quiet. Amen. I'm going to worship Him with everything I've got. You, you, you just burst. And here, here's the picture. Let me draw it for you. You're in class. Uh, you're in school. Now, for some of you, that's a lot. that was decades ago. Decades ago. Some of you hadn't been so long, right? You're in class, and you're sitting under the, the most boring teacher you've ever had in your life. 
And he or she's just monotone and the class is full and, and they just are droning on and on and on and on and on and your mind is wandering 100 miles. And you think of, this always happens at the wrong time. You think of the funniest thing at the wrong time. And you say, no, not now, not now. And you just can't get out of your mind. No, not now, not now. No, 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 no. You're in a classroom. No one's saying nothing. This lecture is just kind of moaning on and on. And you're like, okay, no, no, no. And you try to think of something sad. You know, you try to think of something that'll scourge you. And then you try to bite your lip, right? And you hold your, and then you finally, you end up holding your, no, no, not now, no, 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 no. And it's as if you just can't hold it in any longer. And you just, from the back of the room, you just have a belly whopper. Man, you just, oh, you got snot flying. I, anyway, you know what I'm saying. You are just, oh, you're just laughing at the top of your life. That's really the picture here. When he rains down on you, you just burst into worship. You burst into singing. You can't be quiet about it. I, this happened to me a few years ago. I, I don't hardly golf at all. But several years ago, I came in. I told my wife, man, it's been a long week. I said, I think I'm going to take my clubs Friday afternoon. I'm just going to go down to the golf course. I'm just going to hit some balls around the course. She said, that'd be great. Go down there. I'm just going to enjoy creation. Just get out and relax and breathe some fresh air. So I took my clubs and I went down there. And they were kind of busy at that time. And if any of you golf, you know, they don't want you walking by yourself to hold up the crowd. So they, they paired me up with three other young guys. So we had a foursome. And they had carts. I was just going to walk. And, they, and so I said, no problem. I'll golf with you guys. And, and so they were 20, 30 years younger than me. And they said, hey, won't you just put your clubs on my cart? And I said, okay, no problem. And so I put my clubs on his cart. He's driving. His buddies are in the cart. And we're just golfing. And they're doing their thing. I mean, they don't know who I am. And, uh, and I'm just enjoying nature and, the, you know, all the, just having a great time. And, and they're doing their thing. Young guys, they don't know me. They're drinking, cussing, having a time. And I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of minding my own business. I'm not there to make them uncomfortable. I'm just, I'm just, you know, they're doing their thing and I'm doing my thing. About the fifth hole, he leans over to me and says, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> and I, I said to him, well, you, you don't want to know. He said, well, yeah, I do. I said, no, you don't. He said, yeah, I do. I said, trust me, you do not want to know. He said, man, you have got to tell me what you're doing. I said, okay, I'll tell you, man. I, I said, I'm a pastor. He said, I minister. I said, well, some people call that. And he stuttered for the next 15. Well, we don't, not, this is not who I, not, I we don't, not, 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 you know. And I, it was all I could do. Just, I mean, it was so funny. And he, you know, he slammed on the brakes. They were already up on the green, his buddies. He ran up there 100 miles an hour. He's pointing back at me. He's telling them all about it. He's shaking his head. He pointing back. Next thing I know, they've jumped behind their cart. They're pouring their beer out, you know. And it, it's the funniest thing in the world, man. We got up on that green, and I told him, look, guys, I'm not here to make you uncomfortable. I just, I'm out enjoying nature. I do want to tell you now, you'll never find happiness and joy in a bottle, only in Jesus Christ. Now see if you can make that putt. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, from that point on, I was behind. I'm but from that point on, you never seen so many hooks and shanks. Every time they started to swing, I just whispered, Jesus... I'm telling you, that is the word picture here. When Jesus rains down on, when the power of God, you know what I'm saying, the favor of God, whatever you call it, the Shekinah glory of God. You've been there, I've been there when you experience, and God just rains down. I mean, you can just sense it, you can feel it. When He rains down on a church, it changes everything. There's peace, there's joy. You burst into worship, you burst into singing. Oh, let it rain! Let it rain.
Let it rain. Man, I drove here this afternoon and I can't tell you dozens, hundreds of churches that I passed by and I just wondered how many of them are just going through the motions. Sing a song or two, shake a hand, eat a bagel, drink a cup of coffee and go home and call it church. No wonder we're in a mess. Rain down on us. Man, rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Number four, watch this. When it rains, when he rains down on us, number four, watch this. Our brother just leans into this. We clap our hands. Brother, that couldn't have been timed any better. I need to take you on a road with me when I preach this sermon, right? I'll just wink at you and you start clapping. Amen. They don't know what's coming, but we do. Amen. Now look at verse 12. Watch it. I just, just, you know, break forth into singing. And, and, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I, I, I'm, I'm, I know it's a work night, a school night. Let me just say, clapping simply communicates you're excited, you're involved, you're celebrating, you're into it. You know what I'm saying? It just shows participation. Uh, you watch football games, man. I know in Tennessee you love you love your sports. I don't know what I don't know what it is that really kind of makes your boat float. But if I hung out with you, I could find out what it is. And you are emotionally invested. That's what I'm saying. Not me, preacher. Yeah, let me hang out with you. I guarantee you. I don't know what it is you like, racing or hunting, race car racing. Is that your thing? It's not mine. They're going around in a circle. They're not getting anywhere. But if you like it, that's cool. We got Talladega down in Alabama. They have 100,000 people watch cars go in circle. I said, yeah, here they come. They're going to come again 500 times. Here they come again. And I, and I know I got NASCAR nuts in my church. Man, more power to you. I don't have, all I'm saying is get excited, have a blast, enjoy it, football, hunting, fishing, shopping, ladies. What? Oh, girl, let me tell you about these shoes I got at Belk. You are not going to believe a deal I got on these shoes. You're so excited. And I'm a, no problem, man. I'm a, all I'm saying is then don't come to church and give him anything less than your very best. Guy comes to church, gets all excited and shouts amen. Everybody stares at him. Begins to worship and he shouts hallelujah and everybody in the church stared at him. He, preacher got up to preach and he shouted, well, praise the Lord. And finally, the ushers took him out and said, fellow, what is wrong with you? He said, man, I'm just telling you, I'm excited. I've got Jesus. They said, well, you didn't get him here, so be quiet, would you? <laughs> By the way, could I, could I just... I, I'm going to show you something and give you one last verse and I'm done. Look at verse 13. This is so beautiful. I don't even have time to preach it, but I'll just give it to you and you preach it. Look at verse 13. Watch what happens when he rains down on us. This is, this is just like our great God. You know what he'll do? Instead of the thorn bush... He'll give you a cypress tree. That's a pine tree. This is what happens when God rains down. And only He can do this now. A pastor cannot do this. An evangelist cannot do it. A church, a denomination. No, no, no. When I'm telling you, this is something only the presence of God can do. He will, he will change the, the thorn bush for a beautiful cypress. In my church, I preached this not long ago, I show the pictures. And he goes on to say, instead of the briars... Instead of the thorn bush, he'll give you beautiful myrtles. And by the way, notice it is for the Lord in his name. Did you see that? It's not just for our comfort. Our brother dealt so much with that so well. 
It's not just for our convenience. He rains down on us, not just so we can be happy. It's so that we can make His name famous. You understand that? You watch too much Christian television, somebody will mess you up. <laughs> you begin to think God was created just for you. God was created. His whole reason for existence is just to make sure you're happy. Are you happy? I want you to be happy. <laughs> but I tell you, God was not created for us. We were created for Him. Right. And He'll do that for you. You're dry. You're in a hard season. You become brittle. Lost your personality. People look at you, seem to be negative and cantankerous. Lost your joy. Lost your peace. It's because you're in a drought. You're in a drought. You are in a drought. Didn't even realize it. But the Spirit of God has exposed it tonight. So what do we do? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is how I close. Look at Acts 3.19 and I'm done. Acts 3.19, here's the answer. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says this. Repent. Boy, you don't hear that in our church anymore, do you? You're going to offend somebody? (laughs) No, the truth is going to set them free. That's what brother... Repentance is beautiful because you're agreeing with God. You're finally admitting what I'm doing isn't working. Let's just be honest. What I'm doing isn't working. So I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from my way of living, and I'm going to turn to the only one who, who can change me, save me, deliver me, and set me free. I'm going to repent. I'm just, what I'm doing isn't working. So we repent, and we're converted, that our sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Last illustration. We moved to Birmingham, Alabama 12 years ago. My daughter was three at the time. She's 15 now. When she was five years old, two years after we had gotten there, there was a terrible drought across Alabama. In fact, Brother Ron, the the drought was so severe that they actually contacted the churches. Imagine this. They contacted the churches and asked us to pray for rain. That's a novel idea, isn't it? Let's reach out to God. He created the earth. Can I get an amen? And so it was a horrible drought. The grass was, everything you could see was brown, drying up, dead as a doorknob. And after we would have dinner, my, my daughter, I don't know why we would do this. My, I have two older daughters, but me and my youngest daughter, we would go out and we would sit on our porch just on the concrete. We were like five or six steps up to our front door. And we'd just sit on there. The sun's going down. I love that time. Our bellies are full, man. You know, we're, we're sitting there. We're watching the sun set. And, and we're right there on the steps. And I looked out on the horizon. You could see one of those storms way in the distance. You could see the strikes of lightning, hear the rolling thunder at a distance. And I I just said to Kayla, five years old, I said, man, wouldn't it be great if that thunderstorm came over here? We need it. And she said, yeah, Daddy, that'd be great. Next thing you know, boy, the wind began to shift and those clouds came over the top of our house. And next thing you know, boy, we had a cloud burst. I mean, it rained. It didn't rain long, but for 15 minutes it rained like Noah's Ark. You know what I'm talking about? It was incredible. And it hadn't rained in so long. You, you remember that it, it had steam coming off the streets, you know, off the roads. You know, it was just, I look at that. And, and, and I said to her without thinking, I said to her, did you hear it? And little Kay said, what? I said, did you hear it? She said, what, Daddy? What are you talking about? Hear what? I said, did you hear it? She said, what? What, Daddy? What is it? Five years old. 
eight, five years old, right? They look, and I said, listen, it's the, it's the bushes and the trees and the grass. They're saying, ah, that's so great. I love it. Oh, let it rain. Man, let it flood. Oh, I love it. Drench me. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, she laughed and laughed her head off. Kids don't forget anything. About two months later, we were sitting out there. Rain came up. She looked at me and said, Daddy, did you hear it? <laughs> you know, now, God, we, we told, I had, that was the furthest thing in my mind. It had been eight weeks ago. And I, I just said to her without thinking, I mean, I just fell right into this. I said, what are you talking about? She said, did you hear it? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? She said, I said, did you hear it? I said, I still hadn't a clue. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, Daddy, it's the trees and the bushes and the grass. They're going, ah, I love it. Silly illustration. But that's what happens when the presence of God rains down on a people, rains down on a church. I cannot explain to you how the presence of the Lord, Acts 3.19, refreshes us. And we lift our eyes, and we lift our hands, and we lift our hearts, and we lift our voice, and we lift our souls to heaven and say, Oh God, do it again. Let it rain. 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 Aren't you tired of dry church? Aren't you tired of living a brittle life? Aren't you tired of being negative and mean and cantankerous? Have you lost your joy? Have you lost your smile? Have you lost your laughter? You say, well, it's just the way I'm wired. No, you're in a drought. You weren't always like that. The enemy stole, the enemy stole your song. He stole your smile. He stole your laughter. Remember that old song I... I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Some of you ought to decide right now, I'm telling you, some of you mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas, this could be a revolutionary moment in your life where you take back what the enemy has stolen from you. It could change the direction of your whole life and the direction of your family because you've decided, I'm not going to be a mean old person. I'm not going to do it. Because when God rains down on you, He won't let you stay mean. Can I get an amen? 